Blog Talk Radio.
right, welcome to another edition of the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. My name is Seneca Harris, and my co-host, Michael Snyder, is on the air with me tonight. Um, how are you this evening, Michael? Have to mute him first. Okay. How are you this evening? You there? Okay. Can Hello? you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I'm doing good. Okay. I have to make a quick correction. I just caught something that Michael just um, saw. Um, I think I sent the wrong area code out. Like to people, I sent out a message. The the correct area code is six four six. And the number is 646-915-8200 if you would like to call in tonight. Um, I'm sending out another message on Facebook correcting that. So um, if you um, got that, that that message that I sent out on Facebook, it's 646-915-8200. Um, we're going to have a really jam-packed show tonight. We have a lot of things that we're going to cover um, um, I'm gonna give you a quick rundown of what we're gonna be discussing. Um, we're gonna be discussing the well, we're gonna continue our discussion on um, the selection of a new pope, and um, we're gonna talk about the progress that's being made with that. Um, we're also gonna be talking about um, some things that are going on here locally. Uh, including the new policy for those that are receiving benefits from the government. Um, I guess they will be doing drug testing. So we're going to be talking about um, that. Uh, We're also going to be talking about an interview that took place on Fox News between Sean Hattie and Representative, um, let me get his name. I thought I had his name. I'll have his name for you, but it was a representative that was on his show that did an interview with him, and pretty much he pretty much put Sean Hannity in his place, and he called him the worst journalist ever. So we're going to get into the details with that. I'll have that name for you here in a minute. Uh, there's just so, so many um, things that I want to talk about as far as current events that I, that I have, um, have seen throughout the day. And also we're going to be talking about how um, – Scientists say that um, a baby that was born with HIV is apparently cured now. Um, That's another story we're going to be discussing, along with some other things. And locally, I have something that I want to address, and it's something that really bothered me. Um, I was listening to a local broadcast on um, a local station that plays mainly gospel and inspirational music in um, that airs different uh, ministries throughout the city. And it was something that was said, and I'm just going to go ahead and put it out to church because I, I believe in just being honest and keeping real on this show. This is how I've always been. Um, the church is Light of the World Christian Church, and their pastor made some comments that I am very disturbed. <laughs> you know, I was very disturbed to hear them. So we're going to be talking about all that today. Um, Michael, did you have anything that you wanted to say? Because we might start off with that uh, story first after we go to a couple of songs. But did you have anything that you wanted to talk about today? 
No, I think you pretty much uh, covered everything that we had talked about. Okay. Well, um, we can get everything together. We can go to a couple songs, you know how we do. Um, just get everybody in the mood, get everybody in the groove. So, once again, if you want to um, call in, feel free to do so. Once again, that number is 646-915-8200. We will be opening up our chat room here um, as well. Um, if you want to just get online to chat with us free, just get online to blogtalkradio.com. You can create a free account. And you can just look us up under UCOFW and just listen to us live and go in the chat room that way. But um, we definitely want everybody to get in to what we're talking about tonight. We're going to also, yes, I also want to let you guys know we have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash UCOFW. And we have a Facebook group page, and you can look us under, look us up under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers. And Michael also has um, a website that you should definitely check out. It's called um, Sunrise Humanity, and the website is www.sunrisehumanity.com. There you can find different articles, different um, things dealing with spirituality, dealing with um, the study of Reiki, um, a lot of just, just neat things that you, you know, um, can study, and if you're into that, if you're into metaphysic, uh, metaphysical studies, that would be a very good um, place for you to go and become very educated in those uh, in those things. So, um, with that being said, I think that's all I had. Uh, we're gonna go to a couple songs, and uh, we'll be right back. Um, Probably not going to be on here too long tonight. We're going to probably hit all our stories and jump up off of here. But um, if you want to email me any story ideas, or if you have any suggestions for the show, you can email me personally, Seneca Harris, or you can um, shoot me a message on Facebook. Um, you can uh, find me. You can spell my name as S-E-N-I-C-A, Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. Or you can send me an email to my Yahoo, well, my Gmail account at S-E-Harris, that's H-A-R-R-I-S, 02, at gmail.com. And um, I think all of that information is in the link of the show or in the uh, description of the show. So uh, feel free just to, just to really get into what we're doing. And um, just like I said, join our Facebook page so you can get um, – Different, uh, like we'll get get our uh, video updates or our show updates. So uh, that's pretty much it. We're gonna jump to these songs and we will be back momentarily. Throw it up, throw it up. Watch it all fall out. Pull it up, pull it up. That's how we ball out. Money, 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 money
That's how we ball out. That's how we ball out. Ballet cost a hundred bills. So got more money. Gold all up in my grill. So got more money. Who cares how you hate a sell? So got more money. Call Jay up and close the deal. So got more money. My fragrance on and they love my smell. So got more money. So who cares about what I spend? So got more money. My pockets even they never end.
When I see that they move, I just wish we would fight less and we would talk more. They say communication save relations, I can tell. But I can never write my wrongs unless I write them down for real. P.S. You can get it, you can get it, you can get it, you can get it. And I know just, know just, know just. Every time I write these words, they become a taboo. Making sure my punctuation curve, heavy letter hits true. Living my life in the margin, and that metaphor was proof. I'm talking poetic justice, poetic justice. If I told you that a flower bloomed in a dark room, would you trust it? I mean, you need to hear this. Love is not just a verb, it's you looking in the mirror. Love is not just a verb, it's you looking for it, maybe. Call me crazy, we can both be insane. A fatal attraction is common, and what we have common is pain. I mean, you need to hear this. Love is not just a verb, and I can see power steering. Sex drive when you swerve, I want that interference. It's coherent, I can hear it. Mm-hmm. That's your heartbeat. It either caught me or it caught me. Mm-hmm. Breathe slow and you'll find gold mines in these lines. Sincerely, you're truly, and right before you go blind, P.S. You can get it, you can get it, you can get it, you can get it. And I know just, know just, know just, know just, know just what you want.
welcome back to the Urban Wire, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, I am online with my co-host, Michael Snyder, and we're just going to jump into what we had tonight. But before we do, I just wanted to just address something that really bothered me. And I wrote, before we jump in, I just want to know from your opinion, Michael, what what is the purpose of the church. Like in these days and times, you know, I think a lot of people are confused. What what is the role of the church? Like what are they how are they supposed to serve the community? I mean what are, what is their main purpose you think? Um I think as a entity. So what what do you think? A church as a brick and mortar building is to provide a place to for the people to gather and bring the ministry of God or Jesus or whichever faith they are there to profess. They are there to bring the word of God and the ministry of God to the people, for the people, for their guidance, their spiritual involvement, and their to meet their spiritual needs, basically, and, and spread the ministry and the gospel of their faith. Do you think the church is a place? I mean, to me now, the church is like a place where people come to be entertained. The church is a place where people can come and politicize their personal opinions and beliefs and pretty much in many many times I think now the church a lot of people um a lot of these ministers are so called ministers or people that are so called um men of the cloth where they come and tear other people down, tear individuals down. Um, I think they have used it as a personal um I think they they use it as a soapbox to um, politicize their own beliefs instead of, like you said, being there to uplift people spiritually, um, to educate, um, to reach out to people within the community. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I was disturbed when I heard a broadcast uh, yesterday morning um, I was on my way to church, and I happened to be tuning into a local radio station here that is uh, where they play inspirational music in um, different ministries around the city, you know, the uh, broadcast through this uh, particular radio station. And um, a local church by the name of Light um, World Christian Church where um, the pastor is, um, well, he's the, the newly elected pastor, Dr. David A. Hampton, was on air, and he made some comments that were very disturbing to me. Now, I realize that people um, go to church, and you know, you're not going to you're not going to necessarily always agree with everything that a pastor may say, and that's why it's, it's always good to have your own relationship with God. But you know. I think it comes to a point where certain things are just unacceptable. Excuse me. And I think this 
I think that these comments that he made were very unacceptable to me. Um, with you know, with me being a part of the African American community, I'm a, you know um, African American male. I feel that I contribute to society. I'm not, you know, I'm not a criminal. I'm not a troublemaker. I go to work every day. I work hard. And for me to have to listen, um, turn on the radio and hear such negativity, it's supposed to be an inspirational station coming from another brother, (laughs) you know, I can say, you know, hearing him tear down his own people saying that black people, and he's made a general statement saying that black people in general do not, know how to manage money, their priorities are messed up, and he was specifically talking towards black males saying that um, many of them ride around on ramps, $2,000 a piece, and have nice cars but don't have a garage to put them in, and they have kids but won't pay child support for their children. Now, and he says, like, black people do not know how to um, take care of business or prioritize. And in the same breath, he turned back around and said that, I guess there was a, um individual in their congregation that's white, and he says, you know what, I love you guys. I love white people. You will never hear me say anything negative about white people because white people know how to get money and keep it versus black people that, are irresponsible, and I don't believe that it's race or racism that's holding us back. It's economic, um, he says, slavery or something he said along those lines. And he pretty much took down his own people to get approval to white people or just people in general, and he says, you know what, I love white people. I will never have anything negative to say about white people because they know how to keep money, they know how to manage money, and black people are irresponsible and don't have anything. So to me, first of all, that offends me because, first of all, I work hard for my money. I don't go out. I don't, you know, I don't have any vices. I don't, such as, like, smoking and doing drugs or anything like that. I pay my bills. Um, I feel that, you know, I'm not uh, contributing to the negativity in society. And I, I feel that, you know, for you to put all black men or black people in general in that category, I think that was very offensive. Now, if it was a white person that made those same comments, you and every other person in that church would be, you know, outraged. So to me, you know, for you to get on air and make those comments and then think that's acceptable, first of all, not only just the members in your congregation, but people that are listening on radio. I mean, you made that, that's, you you put that out on the airwaves, you know, and I think that's unacceptable and I don't care, you know, I know mine speaking my opinion, but I think that's that's the problem with a lot of black people now, these, especially in these black churches. You have these preachers that get up here and act like clowns. You know, they take your money, but you're not really feeding the people. 
and you're not you're not helping the problem. You're you're hurting the problem. Now it would have been different if you would have addressed the the issues that are going on in the black community in a different manner, but you did not do that. Your tone was very condescending. I did not agree with how you came across to the people. And um for you to sit there and you you almost sound like an Uncle Tom. You you idolize let's let's face it, the issues that blacks are facing, other groups of people are facing. So for you to put out there that blacks are the only ones that have money problems or irresponsible with money or anything of that nature, that's 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 totally unacceptable to me. So I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about that in general, Michael? Well, I think it's a rather I just I is one of the things you can't help but sit there and go, Seriously? Really? You know, I would have thought that the church would have been a representative of the church or the clergy would have taken a colorblind approach. Yeah. I would have thought, but I I think to me, cause I think when God looks at you, he doesn't look at us in that way. Exactly. As a human, I mean, you're supposed to care about the human race as a whole. And I thought that church was based off of people being colorblind. But, you know, here's the problem I have with that church in general. You know, and I'm just going to put it on blast. I don't care. That church, to me, is money hungry. They care more about people's finances than people's freedom. And to me, you know, and I've heard this from several people, and if anybody wants to dispute this or they know different, feel free to call in at 646-915-8200 and um, tell me different. But I've heard from several people, not just one person, that that church wants a copy of your W-2s before you can even become a member of that church. Now, if that's... That is absolutely ludicrous to me. That any church would ask for a copy of your W-2 before you can become a member. What the hell is the church there for? To make a to make a money hand over fist and fund their own personal agenda, or are they there to actually to minister the gospel of Christ to their parishioners? Yeah. But you see, this this is my problem with that church too. Like, you have a church full of Uncle Toms. You have a church full of what I call black elitist um, Republicans that go to that church. You 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 go in that church, you, and they have this, this air about themselves, and there's no common folks that really go to that church, you know. And if there are, there's people in there fronting like they're all that but really don't have anything. So pretty much this church has always been like that. That's how I felt. That's my personal opinion. And when I heard this broadcast, that kind of put the icing on the cake. And, you know, for you to come in and put down your people, instead of building them up, I have a total, I'm, I'm just disgusted with you. Yeah, and, and you that's know, enough that kind of gets me a little bit is, even if that was, you know, the type of the church, why would he say that about say that about his own congregation? That's yeah, just, and then you're bold enough to stand on the airways. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, I'm not making this up. It's not like I'm just saying what I, you know, I, you know, this was on the air, and I guess this broadcast, I'm assuming, well, I don't, I'm not assuming because he made the, it was recorded towards the beginning of the year because they were talking about the, it was the new year, and they were talking about financial blessings and all that, all that stuff, which I was fine with that until he started talking about his own people, and I'm like, are you serious? Like, you are despicable. You are a scumbag to me. That's how bad it was. Like, I'm not, you know me, I don't like talking down about the man of God, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. And you are very disrespectful to me. That really irked me that you would get there. And, you know, what if you're dealing with white people that, that have these preconceived notes? What if you were, there were white people in that congregation or just anybody in general or people that were listening and they already had these preconceived notions about African Americans and you are sitting there reinforcing these stereotypes, making it seem like that black people as a whole have these issues. I think the issues that he referred about transcend all races. That's true, but I think you you must have a very strong self hatred towards who you are and who where you came from. You you must have really you have some issues, some really strong self worth issues that you need to address. If if you're bold enough to get on national airways and make these inappropriate comments, well, I don't know if it's national, but I know it's definitely local. And, and, and you know, and that church is very influential in Indianapolis. They, everybody knows about that church. And to me, I don't want to know what else you're preaching in that church if you're preaching that. And these and these blind sheep, the sheeple, I call them the sheeple because they're a bunch of sheep. I like that. That term. are being led, led astray, and and you you allowing this? It's like a pimp and a prostitute relationship. The pimp keeps taking the money from the prostitute while the prostitute keeps taking the abuse from the pimp. Because there's no way in the world I'm going to sit up under somebody that talks down to me like that every Sunday. I don't think it would be where I would choose to go. I'm sorry if anybody has anything to say about that. You know the number, 646-915-8200, because... That was definitely inappropriate to me. So, you know, I just wanted to address that because that's something that's, you know, to me, I think it's a local issue, and I think people need to know in general, you need to know who who you're sitting up under as far as leadership is concerned. Because if you're sitting up under a past that's putting you down and, and as you know, over something that you can't control as such as you know, as far as your race or any other thing about yourself that you can't control, and they want to, and you leave church feeling worse than what you than what you came in. As I mean, I, I think you need you really need to sit down and question if this is the place you need to to be spiritually fed. I think I would have, I would have questioned that as soon as they'd asked me for my W two to go be a member. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? Well, obviously they do. 
Well, my thing is that pass would have said it to me. I said, I want to see your W. How much you make? There you go. How much is that Benz out there you driving that my ties went towards uh, paying for? Mm-hmm. You can talk about that, but you want to know my business. But with that being said, that's a good segue. While we're still talking about the church, uh, Michael, what what have you heard as far as like the um, selection of the new pope? What's what's the progress of that right now? Um, have you heard anything in the news? Um, about well, look, um, will they know when they're going to be? Um, have they started looking at uh, candidates? I uh, they. What they've done so far is 8 p.m. <clears throat> excuse me on eight at 8 p.m. on the last day, which was the time of resignation for Pope Benedict. I believe it was the 28th, but I might be wrong on the exact date. Uh, at 8 p.m. of his last day is when he resigned, and at that point his ring was destroyed. For those who don't know a little bit about this, the Ring of the Pope is what is used to authenticate documents and orders. It's used to prevent forgeries. Typically at the death of a Pope, the ring is removed from the Pope's body and is destroyed then by the Camarlingo, which is the Italian for the Chamberlain of the Pope. Um, But at 8 p.m., the ring was destroyed, and the cardinals have started to assemble in... Rome, or the Vatican at this time. Today, they were supposed to start dwindling in slowly. There was a meeting this morning and a meeting this evening to where those that are there can start doing their politicking, I guess, for lack of a better term, having their discussions on who they think would be front runners. And all of them are not there yet, but once all of the cardinals have assembled as at that time then, they will pick a date for the conclave uh, to be sequestered and locked within St. Peter's, and at that point they don't come out until they have elected their new pope. So that's what I'm up to date with so far. There's still a lot of talk on who would be front runners and strong candidates, um, but you know it's just a whole lot of theory so far, or rumor basically. No one really has a definitive there's a few good front runner I guess rumors I guess but still nothing definitive yet on how this may or may not turn out so do you think in your opinion that you know as they originally um, stated do you think that they might have someone elected to take over that position by Easter That was one of the reasons, I guess, that uh, Pope Benedict timed his resignation to where he did because he wanted to leave them the opportunity to hopefully get one elected and put into place by Easter. So I would think that right now it kind of looks like – I don't know how long it's going to take all of them to get there. I would think by – a week from today, next Monday, I would think that they should all be in place, uh, to which time then they do their thing. They will set a date and go into sequestering, sequester at the uh, St. Peter's Basilica. They actually lock them in there. <laughs> oh, wow. 
don't unlock the doors until they've got one elected. So, and how long does that process normally take? Like if they're, you know, when they go into seclusion like that. I don't know. There's it varies. I've heard in the history of the church there's been some really quick elections where maybe in a day or two they've got somebody, and then I've heard where sometimes it's taken a week or two. It okay. it's basically politics. They vote for who they think would be the best uh, leader, and then but they have to have a certain majority of votes to actually have one picked. So that's where you would see that when they take a vote, they then burn the ballots after the vote. After the vote. So. That That's one of the things that the public will watch for, and I remember when Pope Benedict was being elected, there was constant uh, surveillance and cameras pointed at the smokestack from the basilica because black smoke means no pope yet. Then when they have white smoke, that means they've officially elected one. Hmm. That sounds like a making of a, a new reality show, if you ask me. Well, <laughs> I'm sure that it's... Uh, if truth be told, we actually could be a fly on the wall in there. I'm sure that it probably would run about like. Yeah, you want to talk about a drama field series? I tell you what. Mhm. And this that is was, going to be rather interesting too, because there's been not only with the scandals that the church has been up against, but within the church itself, there's there's some pretty good divisions within the church. And, you know, Pope Benedict, on a lesser-known aspect, has tried very hard to diffuse that, but in his more authoritarian way. Uh, but there, it basically would be like a liberal versus conservative divide. And See, I think that's pretty much where the, the main... Uh the main focus is going to be this time, like, you know, which direction that they want to um, take with, with the new leader. I think it would be. What you're seeing now is they're they're looking for, I think one of the biggest things is they're going to look for someone that can strengthen a unity and try and work on better relations with the Muslim world and the Jewish communities. Um they're going to look to get someone, I think, that would probably be pretty good in the, that type of a position um, to maybe foster better relations with those other communities and faiths. Uh, that's one of the big talks that you've heard going around here recently. But also, there is somewhat, you know, they're looking for someone as well that can uphold the doctrine and considering that Pope Benedict was pretty much a hardline conservative uh, that believe that you're going to see and concern as well that he's also put a lot of the cardinals in the positions that he they're in, also known as stacking the deck in his favor, you're going to probably see that divide of the conservative versus liberal divide is probably going to lose out to a more conservative individual. But that's I don't know. That's my opinion, just from what I've been reading and what I have followed and kept up on. But this is from from what, from my point of view. I think that um, they need to also keep in mind that um, society 
is evolving and with society evolving, I think the church needs to evolve as well. And, you know, um, as we, as we've seen through the numbers, a lot of, um, the, the church membership as a whole, just not just Catholicism, just, just in general, um, church membership has gone down. And I think that people are looking for, um, not necessarily for them to change their message, but I think that they need to evolve with the times. Um, we're not um, necessarily saying that they need to change their doctrine, but the way they reach people and the way they um, convey their message needs to change. And I think um, that over time, I think in, anything needs to, if, if it's going to stay relevant, it needs to evolve with uh, the times. I'm not necessarily saying conform with the times, but it needs to evolve well to stay relevant where people can relate to it and, you know, you, you're able to keep those Christian principles intact. And, you know, because I think a lot of people can't relate to a lot of this stuff these days. And I think that's one of the biggest things, in my opinion. Yeah, there's, and even within the divides within the church itself, like the conservative versus liberal divides, that's what a, a lot of people on the more liberal side are wanting to see. You know, mm-hmm. but there, again, is the strong conservative, hardline conservative drive to keep not changing, for lack of a better term. I don't know. It's just going to – it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. I mean, there are some interesting – in the talk of the rumors, I've seen some interesting uh, backgrounds with some of the different candidates that I have heard would be possible front runners mm-hmm. for the position. Uh, I know I've seen an Italian. I've seen an African. Um, oh, I've seen a Brazilian there's, they've got an interesting mix of people out there that would uh, can, that are considered to be front runners for the position. So, I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes forward from here. You know, I wanted to make this point too. Like when you look at the whole base of Christianity, and you look at um, Jesus, um, Jesus is like public life and his um, public ministry here on earth. He was not considered, I want to say not considered um, liberal, but he went against the grain. He he, he he didn't follow those traditional values. He went against what a lot of people, you know, he, he, still, he still upheld his Jewish um, principles and, like, you know, his upbringing, but he was not considered, I guess in that time he wouldn't have been considered age conservative. No, he would not have been. He would not have been considered a conservative. So I think with with him being the model of the church, I think that um, especially the um, Catholic church, they need to keep that in mind. And if you're going to follow him, and if he's like the figurehead of the church, which he he is, you know, you would need to ask, like they always say, what would Jesus do? And I don't think, you know, a lot of the things that are going on within the Catholic Church is just my opinion, or just the church in general. I don't think these are things that Jesus would be pleased with. 
and you know, with you being exclude, you know, excluding certain groups of people and things of that nature, I don't think that that is a model of Christianity. But that's just my opinion. Oh, I agree with you. Agree, I agree with you a hundred percent. There, you know, his the biggest thing that you know was he presented a new way of thinking. He presented a new way of treating people, a new way of handling problems, and a new way of you know. So many of the things that, you know, what has evolved a lot of present day, what has turned into be a lot of present day Christianity, a lot, there's a lot of it that really necessarily didn't apply to Jesus. One of the main schools of thoughts is do we follow uh, Pauline Christianity or do we follow Jesus' Christianity? Well, a lot of today's influence is Pauline Christianity. But, again, that's just been one of those things that evolved over time, and it kind of stuck up until present day. Right, right. So we will um, definitely keep and um, keep you updated um, on um, the progress of this. I think it's going to be very fascinating to see which, what direction this, uh, they decide to go. And um, something that I've been kind of following too, so I'm really, really fascinating to see, you know, who who they will choose and why they why they will choose that certain individual. Um, I don't know. Um, that's pretty much all all I had on it. But I really hope that they do take it wh- whichever direction they decide to go. I really hope they. Keep in mind that times have changed and society has changed, and they need to come up with a different approach how to reach people if they're serious about um, the ministry of Jesus Christ. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned there about society and times have changed, and you know, there, if this pope is supposed to be the leader of a little bit over, eh, over a billion Catholics mm-hmm. worldwide, you know, not only has time the time changed and evolved over time, but it's not just here in the United States; it's everywhere. You know, it is it is a worldwide issue that you know things have changed and times have changed and. The adaptation to such is not just a United States concept. It's it is everywhere, and it would affect the populace of you know that billion plus Catholics that they do represent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to move on to um, another story, and this story is um, well. This commentary that we're going to this. Um, Discuss is based off an article uh, from Yahoo News, and the article is entitled. And I think those of you that are on my Facebook fan page and that follow us on um, our group page on Facebook, I put this link up. I think I put it up in the um, group page, but I, but it's definitely on my regular page. And the uh, article is entitled. Ten dumbest things Republicans said last month, and the article is written by uh, Tegan Goddard, 
and it was written Sunday, March 3rd, 2013, and it reads as such. These comments are help, aren't helping with the GOP makeover. Conventional wisdom suggests that Republicans would hold five additional U.S. Senate seats if their candidates hadn't said really dumb things during the last two election cycles. So, last month, I decided to keep track of the most controversial comments, some inflammatory, some just plain crazy, made by Republican politicians. See more. Amnesty Shell's six favorite books. Here's the roundup for February. Number one, quote, when a physician removes a child from a woman, removes a child from a woman, that is the largest organ in the body. That's a big thing. That's a big surgery. You don't have any other organs in your body that are bigger than that. All right. This was made by Alabama State Representative Mary Sue McCurkin defending her sweeping anti-abortion bill. All right, number two, quote, they are going to call the herd. So that's instead of having billions, we'll only have hundreds of millions of human beings on the face of the earth, unquote. Um, this was made by Alan Keyes warning that what's behind President Obama's gun control proposal. Number three, quote, some people could make the argument that a lot of people like being in abusive relationships. It's a love-hate relationship. It's very, very common for people to stick around with somebody they love who also abuses him or her, unquote. This was made by New Hampshire State Representative Mark Warden, during a debate on a bill to reduce the penalty for simple assault. Number four, quote, slavery and abortion are two of the most horrendous things this country has done. But when you think about the immorality of wild, lavish spending on our generation and forcing future generations to do without essentials just so we can live lavishly now, it's pretty immoral, unquote. Representative Louis, Louise Gohmert uh, from Texas equating slavery with national debt. Number five, quote, like most men, I'm more opposed to violence against women than even gun, I'm sorry, I'm more opposed to violence against women than even violence against men because most men can handle it a little better than women can, unquote. This was made by Representative uh, Jimmy Duncan from Tennessee speaking on anti-violence legislation. Oh, man, that's crazy. Number six, there's a lot of ill will towards Senator Hagel because when he was a Republican, he attacked President Bush mercilessly. At this time, and at this point, he said he was the worst president since Herbert Hoover said the surge and said the surge was the worst blunder since the Vietnam War, which is nonsense. He is anti his own party, and people don't forget that this was made by uh, was made by um, Senator John McCain 
explain the GOP backlash against Chuck Hagel. Number seven, quote, to define marriage is discriminatory towards those who hold sincerely held religious belief. That is a sacred institution between a man and a woman. Um, and this was made by Illinois State Representative Kyle Carter in response to the state Senate approving the same-sex marriage in Illinois. Number eight, quote, I'm trying to be brief because I noticed one of your fourth glasses of water. Wait a minute. Let's just say I'm going to be brief because I noticed you're on your fourth glass of water, and I don't want to be accused of waterboarding. And this was made by Senator Burr uh, speaking in the middle of a long, contentious confirmation hearing for John Brennan as CIA director. Okay, how tacky could that be? All right. Um, Number nine, slow down, slow down. How about a little foreplay? This was made by House Speaker John Boehner joking with with bipartisan conversations on immigration reform Taking uh, taking place is too early to talk about specific legislation. And finally, number ten quote: I'm very proud of the fact that I didn't get anything wrong that I said during the course of the debates. I didn't get anything wrong, and that's a huge arena. Unquote. And this was made by Michelle Bachman commenting on her performance in the 2012 GOP presidential debates. Wow, really? Wow. (laughs) And what's so, like, disturbing is, like, these people were elected. Like, these people were supposed to be the voice of the people. And it just seems like a lot of times they take their office. I don't know. It's hard to believe that. They are actually serious, but I I really think a lot of times they just think of this as a game, and they think of it as a joke that they're being elected to make a difference. Like people aren't just electing you just to go and play around and argue and joke around about issues that are pertinent and important to people. I just think that this is very disturbing. Read this. I just don't know. It just really disappoints me that, especially with the Republican Party, I said they they have no regards for the, the average or general, you know, general American that is, you know, trying to make ends meet and that that's concerned about their their personal and their family's well being. You know, I don't know. What, I have what to say you, what, my my personal favorite was the Michelle Bachman comment. That yeah. was my personal favorite. And that's probably why they made that one number 10. They wanted to, you know, yeah. I don't hmm. even want to get started on all the ridiculous things that she said, you know, and that she, you know. How she, bad I'm, have you got to be for the Republican Party to say, get the heck out? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess in her mind, she she's totally flawless and, and nothing she says is like, you know, ever questionable. You know, it's just like, wow. I mean, that's why they say, you know, people 
self-perception can be very deceiving sometimes. Like what you think of yourself. I mean, there's people actually like her, and you probably think that she's joking, but I think in her mind she's probably serious. It certainly sounds as if she believed what she said. I mean, I know it's a written quote, you know, but still, I'm sure giving what I have seen from her that she probably no, believes she, it. No, she really thinks that she, the stuff that came out of her mouth is, like, absolutely absurd, and, I, and she actually thinks that she's, I don't know. I mean, she she feels that she's her her. I mean, her comments are legitimate, and like people can prove her wrong, and she will not back down from them. Mm-hmm. And she's always been like that. Wow. But, but yeah, these are the people that that have been elected, you know. And I, I really think if, if we're gonna get anything done, we have to get some common folks in there with a true passion. And Find a way to get a law passed that uh, politicians can't be purchased. Exactly. Of course, then again, you'd probably never get it through because they'd have to pass it themselves. <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the biggest issue. I think that, like you said, for one, everybody's been bought, and for two, there's people that they they they're not. How should I put it? They're so out of touch with reality and the people, and they don't really know what's going on. They've gotten comfortable in their position, and I think that, you know, that's one of the biggest problems right there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, to me, it's like a game to them. It's just like, you know, nothing's getting done. It's a bunch of bickering going back and forth. You know, it's just... I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. But, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys, you know, and just let you know that these are the people that um, that are in office. Hmm. These are the people that are trying to hold up progress to um, better your life and your children's life and um, their future. So, I don't know. All right. Um, we have another story that I want to discuss, and um, this one's also from Yahoo News. And I know that um, I, uh, some of you might have heard about this story. Um, it's entitled, um, Scientists Say Baby Born with HIV Apparently Cured. And this comes, actually, um, it's on Yahoo News, but it's from the Associated Press. Um, and it reads, um, as such, from Washington, D.C., Associated Press, a baby born with the virus that causes AIDS appears to have um, been cured, scientists announced on Sunday, describing the case as a child from Mississippi who's two and a half and now has been off of medication for about a year with no signs of infection. There's no guarantee the child will remain healthy, although sophisticated testing uncovered just traces of the virus genetic material still lingering. If so, it would mark only the world's second reported cure. 
specialists say Sunday's announcement at the AIDS, major AIDS meeting in Atlanta offers promising clues for efforts to eliminate the HIV infection in children, especially in AIDS, in the AIDS-plagued Africa, African countries where too many babies are being born with the virus. Quote, you could call this about as close to a cure, if not a cure, that we've ever seen. Unquote. Dr. Anthony Fossey of the uh, National Institutes of Health, who is familiar with the findings, told the Associated Press. A doctor gave his baby faster and stronger treatment than is usual, starting a three-drug infusion within 30 hours of birth. That was before tests confirmed that the infant was infected and just not at risk from another from a mother whose HIV hasn't diagnosed, wasn't diagnosed, I'm sorry, until she was in labor. Wow. Quote, I just felt this baby was at a higher than normal risk and deserved the best shot, unquote. Dr. Hannah Gay, a pediatric HIV specialist at the University of Mississippi, said in the interview, um, that fast action apparently knocked out HIV in the baby's blood before it formed hideouts in the body. Those so-called reservoirs of dormant cells usually rapidly reinfect anyone who stops medication, says Deborah Prasad of John Hopkins Children's Center. She led the investigation that deemed the child, quote, functionally cured, unquote, meaning in long-term remission, even if all traces of the virus haven't been completely eradicated. Next, Prasad's team is planning to study to try to try to prove with more aggressive treatment of other high-risk babies. Quote, maybe we'll be able to block the reservoir seeding, Prasad said. No one should stop anti-AIDS drugs as a result of this case, Fossey cautioned. But it opens doors to research if other children can be helped, he said. It makes perfect sense what happens. Better treatment is to prevent babies from being born with HIV in the first place. About 300,000 children were born with HIV in 2011, mostly in poor countries where about 60% of the infected pregnant women get treatment that can keep them from passing the virus to their children. In the U.S., in the U.S., such births are very rare because HIV testing and treatment long have been part of prenatal care. Quote, we can't promise to cure babies who are infected. We can promise to prevent the vast majority of transmissions if moms are tested during every pregnancy. Unquote. Gay stressed. The only other person considered cured of AIDS underwent a very different and risky kind of treatment, a bone marrow transplant from a special donor, one of the rare people who is naturally resistant to HIV. Timothy Ray Brown of San Francisco has not needed HIV medicines in the, in the five years since that transplant. The Mississippi case shows, quote, there may be different cures for different populations of HIV-infected people. Unquote, said Dr. Rowena Johnson of Amphar, 
the Foundation for AIDS Research. That group funded Prasad's team to explore possible causes of the pediatric cure. It also suggests that scientists should look back at other children who have been treated since shortly after birth, including reports of possible cures in the late 1990s that were dismissed at the time, said Dr. Stephen Deeks of the University of California, San Francisco, who was seen, who has seen the findings. Quote, this will likely inspire the field to make more optimistic that this is possible, unquote, he said. In, Missis- in the Mississippi case, the mother had no prenatal care when she came to the rural emergency room in the advanced labor. A rapid test detected HIV. In such cases, doctors typically give the newborn low-dose medications in hopes of preventing HIV from taking root. But the small hospital did not have the proper liquid kind, and since the baby well, sent the infant to Gay's Medical Center. She gave the baby higher treatment-level doses. The child responded well through the age of 18 months old, well, 18 months, when the family temporarily quit returning and stopped treatment, researchers said. When the baby returned several months later, remarkably, Gay's standard test detected no virus in the child's blood. Ten months later, after treatment after the treatment ended, a battery of super sensitive tests at, at a half a do- dozen laboratories found no sign of the virus return. There were only some remnants of genetic material that don't appear to be able to replicate precisely. In Mississippi, gay gives child a checkup every few months. Quote, I just check for the virus and keep praying that it stays gone, unquote. The mother's HIV is being controlled with medications, and she is, quote, quite excited for her child, unquote, gay addict. The United Nations agency that guides the global fight against HIV and AIDS, known as UNAIDS, unaids, held the, the news. Quote, this gives us the hope that a cure for HIV in children is possible and can bring us one step closer to an AIDS-free generation, unquote. The unaged executive director, Michael um, Seidby, uh, stated, quote, also this underscores the need for research and innovation, especially in the, the area of early diagnostics. So, that was pretty much that article um, from Associated Press. So I'm really glad to hear that that um, the child really got the, the the help that it needed, and that that virus has been eradicated from from the chat. The, you know, right? Child's uh, blood. So I, I I think that's a really inspirational story. Very much so. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, I was particularly interested with the fact that the medications that they used to treat the child with were actually medications that we currently have. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good point of interest as well. Yeah, but I guess you know, 
from the from what I got, they jumped on that like right away. You know, mm-hmm. they aggressively attacked that. You know, as soon as the child was born, and I think that pretty much gave the child a chance. Yeah. You know. Well, hopefully this will lead to a better understanding and possibly maybe tweaking some of our technologies a little bit then and benefit a lot more people. Yeah, yeah, and I heard about that story, the other story they, they made mention of about the guy that received that bone marrow transplant. Did you hear about that? Yes, yeah, I did. I think it was in Berlin, Germany where it was done. Kind of, you know, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of a lot more advances are being made in other countries as it, you know, as HIV and AIDS are concerned. I they mean, don't, they don't have the Food and Drug Administration to deal with, <laughs> and they don't have that corporate greed, you know. Well, there you go. That's probably mm-hmm. more more truth to that than what we would ever I, like to admit. Um, hindering the prog- progress of even coming up with a, uh, a cure. And, I, and like I always preach this, I said it's not really the, the, the uh, it's not really their business to cure diseases. It's, they they may, I think it's more of their business to prolong illnesses so they can make money out of it because there's no, there's no money in making a cure. But I think at this point, AIDS and HIV is something that needs to just be eradicated, period. Yeah, and I'm sure that whatever pharmaceutical company actually comes up one day with a cure for AIDS, if they come up with the cure, you know they're going to be filthy rich out of it. That's just given. The question is, will they actually make it to where everybody can get it, or is it going to be such a high-dollar thing that only a select few will have the problem? That would be sick to me, you know. But see, that's how it always is. That it does, it's irrelevant to them until it, it, it be, until it becomes relevant to them, or it hits at home and it affects them directly. I'm not just talking about indirect, but directly. That's when they'll start caring. Mm-hmm. Because now it's getting to the point now, you know, they're starting to aggressively research this this epidemic because it's starting to affect people. On all levels, yeah. You see, what I'm saying at, at one time it was just a disease that quote unquote killed only gay men, and now that it's starting to affect a lot of women, and it's, it's starting to affect more than just the Hispanic and African American community. It's starting to affect everyone on every economic level. I think they're now starting to look at that. Yeah. You know, they're not going to. They're not going to. They don't care about. And it's just my opinion. I just, I really, they don't really care. They don't give a damn about, you know, a disease killing off a bunch of gay men, or they're probably looking at us as fags or, or whatever. They, they, they're probably like, oh, well. But when it started affecting the heterosexual population, that's when it seemed like, hey, we need to get serious about this. Uh-huh. Which we're going to be discussing that in the upcoming show. We're going to really be doing this show here, and it's, um, they may change. We're going to probably do it next Monday, but we're going to really hit that series again, Do You Really Know Your Man, Part 3, because a lot of people are deceived. They think that 
a lot of these issues are gay issues, and they think because they have a husband or they have a boyfriend or a significant other that they don't have to worry about these issues dealing with HIV. They don't have to worry about not even just dealing with their partner um, living a double life and sleeping with the same gender, but just them cheating in general. A lot of women, I will say specifically, get into this mindset, well, you know, my man will never do something like that. You know, I got a a man that's 100%, he's 100% man, and these issues don't affect me. I don't have to worry about if my man's cheating on me in general, and I definitely don't have to worry about him cheating on me with another man because my man just doesn't do that. In reality, your man is probably, and I'm just going to get this real specifically, your man can probably take more dick than you. (laughs) You with the man. Switching and switching around, and he he trying to look y'all in the competition. He, y'all going out, and he's trying to look better than you when you go out. Yeah, this brings up a really story, a really funny story that I told you about the other day. And that's and I want you to tell that story too. I was in local department store here in my town, and I'm going about my business, doing my grocery shopping, and I look up, and there is. This guy that is dressed appropriate. I mean, he's dressed fine. He's dressed appropriately. He looks like a very, well, he was dressed nice for being in a local grocery store. And he was with this girl, and he was holding hands with her and had his arm around her. And I know we, that, Stereotypical things are bad. However, if you know gay people, even gay people will tell you there are clues. And this, the woman was a very pretty lady. She was a very pretty young girl. They both seemed to be in their 20s. And she was very pretty, and he was a very nice-looking man himself. And this guy was just completely off of the chart. I mean, anybody, most people would have stood up and said, oh, my, (laughs) I wonder if she knows. It was one of those things you wanted to tap her on the shoulder and say, excuse me, ma'am, do you see this? Okay, so you sure that this just wasn't one of her gay best friends or her best? You, You sure that this man was her bona fide? I can't say man, but was he her bona fide woman, or was, I mean, were they just friends, or I mean, what was it? I don't think that friends walk around together like that. (laughs) I don't think friends usually are, you know, especially, you know, I just don't think that friends are walking around together necessarily holding hands with their arms around each other, nuzzling their cheeks together. I don't really think that that is exactly what we would call typical. This is my thing, Michael. Like, wasn't it again? I just... It was enough that I had to do a double take, and then I started chuckling, and then I started laughing so hard after watching it, because I'm a people watcher. When I'm out doing whatever I'm doing... I'm I'm a people watcher. I've got my grocery list. I'm going through there, and I just had a moment of, uh-uh, 
No. Really? My thing. Most heterosexual men are not into all that public displays of affection, at least to that level. Right. So it's almost like, and this, and this is what, this is what angers me. I, I don't have a problem with you if you don't want to really expose your sexual orientation. It's not, you know, no, that, nobody should make you do that. But my problem is, and, and I don't want to get too much into it because we're going to talk about this show on, on our upcoming show, but my problem is if you're going to be gay, be gay. Don't sit here and leave people on or use people as a cover. That's almost like using somebody as a body shield to me. Like, that's, that's, that's disgusting to me because, okay, if you're going to be bisexual, be upfront with your partner and tell them from again, hey, this is what I'm into, you know, and let them be the judge or be give them the option to whether they want to deal with that or not. But for right. you to sit there and try to be something that you're not because you're too coward to deal with uh, the territory that, you know, deal with the criticism that comes along with the territory, you know, I have no respect for you. Right, and, and it all boils down to an issue of honesty and integrity. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, and obviously, if these people would have been actors on a movie screen, you would have totally. It would have been a comedic event. It really would have. And I know I can't really do it justice in describing it here, what I had seen, but it was obvious enough that I was sitting there. And I I found it extremely comical. And by no means was the guy intentionally, I I would certainly believe he was not intentionally, say, showboating it, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. But it was... Some of the ooze queens, they just ooze it out, and they just don't know <laughs> it's, it's what it is. Yeah, and it, it was bad enough that I was like sort of laughing. Discharge. It's like a pussy discharge. It just, you just can't help it. It's just going to come out. <laughs> you know, I don't know how how else to put it, but, you know. Um, I so badly, I, I just found myself wanting to walk up to her, tap her on the shoulder, and take her hand and say, man, do you really see what I'm seeing? Do you know this? <laughs> Have you? But you know what? I know some women. They're so hard up for attention or to be loved, or they're so hard up for having a man around, or just for just just to say they have somebody around that they'll put up with anything. They'll just accept anything. Right, and it's you know, but to be fair, it happens <laughs> you know, on both sides of the spectrum. It does the man or the woman. Yeah, we've seen it happen. In all cases, but wow! Yeah, you know, we talking about these down low men, and I'm sorry, the down low is something that does not just affect the African American community. Right. This is this is a uh, phenomenon that is happening on all levels because a lot of these women don't know. We gonna get into it that your man that you married with. Is sleeping with other men on the side. They're going to these bathhouses. They're calling these chat lines. And they 
getting on Craigslist, and they're doing any and everything. Like I said, they taking more you-know-what than you, and they can suck them on down and swallow them like they they start sucking on a Slurpee on a 99-degree day outside July day, and they just, they just slurping them down and just take them. Barely you can. They can probably teach you a thing or two. And my thing is, is like these women are clueless, and a lot of these men, you know, they are probably not even using protection when they're out here screwing around and they're bringing you home STDs. And and even if they're not cheating with another man, they're cheating with other women, getting them pregnant. You you don't know nothing about this other woman, and he's sitting up here. He done violated you, and he stepped out the bounds of your relationship, and he's bringing home God knows what from these women that he's messing around with on the side, and you accept it. Sometimes y'all know. I'm not saying it's all the time you know, but sometimes you know, and I've known women that know that they men, they, they sleep with other men, men, and women, and they just accept it. And they so hard up to a dick that they'll just accept it. You don't know what that man been dipping and diving. You don't know what fudge pool or tuna melt he's been dipping his spoon in. <laughs> and you just accept it. And you're going to let him come and taint your damn dish. No, no, no. That's not my idea of Betty Crocker. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not on the recipe book for that. I don't know what, what recipe book you working with, but it ain't. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just a preview of what we're going to be talking about in an upcoming show. And I, I urge you, like, seriously, we're going to come from a serious point of view. We're going to have some statistics. We're going to have some people come on and talk. Um, we're going to have real serious dialogue about this because I really. And passionate about this, um, I think that people just do not know who they're dealing with these days. They just don't have a clue. They just don't have a clue. And I think that, you know, you got to protect yourself. you got to know the warning signs. You have to just be vigilant because you can't be around somebody 24 hours a day. That's true. You and you have to really um, know yourself and know your partner, because a lot of y'all don't even know. You don't even know yourself. Like women don't even know about their own bodies. They don't know. They don't know their man's body. They don't know his schedule. They don't know anything about him, and they'll believe anything that he'll tell them. You know, and 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 like you know, I I just think that. You have to ask questions, you have to be vigilant, and you have to take care of yourself. Because monogamy today, you, you know, you think you're in a monogamous relationship, and you're not. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to cheat. It's so easy to do it. That's what people don't realize. It's so easy just to do it. And a lot of people don't have that conscience or they don't have that discipline to be committed and my thing is, if you can't be committed, you need to find somebody. If you don't want to be 
don't sit here and say you want a monogamous relationship. If that's the case, you need to get with somebody that's y'all both can be freaks and do what y'all want to do, but just don't fool yourself. You know, um, well, and you know, this is a good aspect. I'm glad you had brought that up because they say they want this, you know, monogamous, long-term, good quality relationship. And then let's think about for anybody that has ever had a profile on a dating website, they say one in five relationships today occur or started online. And if you're in one of these people that's doing this, I want, they say, I want, or maybe you're one of the people that does this, and I want you to think about this. If you are out there saying, I want a monogamous relationship that is loving, caring, good, and all the beautiful, rosy things that people ask for, and but you have a picture on your profile, and if you're a man, you're out there with your shirt off and your muscles flexing out, or you're a woman, you're up there, and you know, you've got cleavage going on for days, and dressed up basically, you know, think about the image you're putting out there and what you're saying. That might be a good place to start in looking at that. And see, that's why a lot of you got a lot of you guys and a lot of you women can't find meaningful relationships because it's all about the image you put out. Now, if you if you want to be single, you want to have fun. That's 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 one thing. But don't sit here and say that you're looking for a long term committed relationship. And like like you said, Michael, and you're online presenting yourself. To be, let's just say in layman's terms, you, you, you to be a slut. Um, you, you're showing all of your private parts. You're, you know, you're very seductive. You're very explicit in your profile, and nothing really comes across as you being a good, wholesome woman that is willing to be uh, to, to be committed. And you think a man's gonna take you seriously? Now a man might tell you this, that, and the other just to win you over and to, and to score. But at the end of the day, that man ain't taking you seriously. Why would he take you seriously? And you and you and you putting it out there, you setting it out like like a tray of them observe, okay? You, you setting it out there like a pan of perch, like just or. Yeah. or a grab bucket, a KFC, where everybody just reach their hand in the damn bucket and pull them out out a turkey leg, a, a chicken leg, a wing, a, a thigh, a breast. They, it's just it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and let's think, you know, and a man gonna take you seriously. Yeah, and I'm gonna pick on the men here too. You know, the men, you know, they got this. They'll have. Say they've got four pictures of themselves online, and three out of four pictures are with their shirt off, flexing their muscles, looking at this and that. And it says, but I want a good, monogamous, quality relationship. Mm. Really? I ain't gonna even go there because I know some people now. I ain't gonna even go there. I'm oh, yeah. Not- I mean, you, 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 they say that they want this, but. If that's the case, wouldn't have all that flaunting the skin and all that, wouldn't that be something that you'd want to be a little bit more private about? Let's say that, you know, you found the right person and that's things that maybe you would only want to, you know, be sharing with that person. You know, just kind of things of, you know, do the images match up with the words? 
Exactly. And a lot of times you got to keep in mind, even if you want to clean up your image, that that will precede you. Like, I mean, that that past image you put out there will precede you, and people will talk. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, it's like you got to be careful how you put yourself out here. Because it's hard to clean it up an image once it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. It takes longer to to build up an image than you know what I'm saying. Once once you, I mean it's 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 hard to rebuild something once it's destroyed. Right. And it's easy just to you know destroy your whole image instead of building it up. So I mean that. I mean, this is a conversation that can go many ways. You know. But, I mean, like I said, it just brings up an issue of self-worth a lot of times. Like, you, my, my thing is women, some of these women know that they men out here doing this, that, and the other. They're sleeping with Tom, Dick, and Harry, literally. And you, and, and, and they'll accept it. Because I guess they feel that having a piece of a man is better than having no man at all. Or they you're have. Sharing your, you sharing your man. With the woman down the street, you sharing your man with the milkman. You sharing your your man with 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 the pastor. You sharing your man with with Susie Q and everybody else with the cream filling in the middle. And my thing is, is like, why 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 do you settle for that? Why why would you settle for? Do you feel that you're not worthy of having someone that's totally into you? Or they have some altered concept of the person that they have that they're with. It's like they, you know, it's like they're looking, but they're not seeing. They've got some crazy set of glasses on, I guess, that are distorting. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it, but it's sure. Yeah, I don't know. I know some crazy stuff out here, and to me. You know, if you're a woman, and you, it's just it's some weird stuff going on out here these days. You know, like I said, it's it's a free for all. It's just nobody just has no. I mean, these relationships I'm seeing these days, like I mean, you should just might as well go ahead and be single. Well, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, you you sitting up here, your man sleeping with men and women. You got a man on the side, and you get jealous when they start talking to more men. It's like it's like a contest. It seems like, and you and you don't know where this man has been sticking his dingling in, and you just think it's acceptable, and you and you just go back to y'all going back and forth. It's just or you or you know certain people that's in these triad relationships. And I and that's another thing I don't understand. If, if that's what you like, more power to you. But to me, I think a lot of the times when you're dealing with relationships like that, you're dealing with someone in the picture that has a self-worth problem. Oftentimes. Often, often, very often. Very often. Because I'm just going by what I've seen, the relationships I've seen like that, it's already an established couple, and they're just bringing in this third person as a disposable piece, piece, 
And when they get done with that piece, they're going to throw it to the side or throw it out like it's Monday morning trash. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't, I don't think a lot of people don't realize this. When they, when they get in the game like this, especially yeah. like when people get in these games, the third person is usually someone inexperienced and they're young and naive. They're and a lot of times just they're getting ready to go them. there. There's usually yeah, one of the three that has an age disparity in there. Exactly. They usually have one up on the other person on some level, whether it's financially or if, if it has something to do with their age. It's usually someone has one up on, on, the, on the third party or one of the parties within the relationship. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, if, if they're bringing somebody in, like, and sometimes it's not like the two established people come ganging up on the other person. It could be them trying to. It could be one of the people in the established relationship that has a that poor image of the self worth and going along with it just to make the other one happy too, because they think that's the way they have to do to keep them. Mm-hmm. Seen that one myself too occur. Yeah. But I think most of the time it's usually the one that's the third wheel. And like I said, like you said, Michael, it that happens too. But I think it's the one, it's always, when I've seen it for the most part, it's always the person that they're bringing in that's going to be the one that's played and kicked to the curb. And I'm not saying it may not, it may work. It may have worked. But I've but never seen it. I, and I would say, you know, I don't claim to understand that type of a setup. I don't claim to. I'm not here to judge anybody, but the only way I could see it actually working is if all three people independently, you know, knew what it was and decided upon, you know, there was a certain level of integrity and honesty and openness about what what it is, what it is. But again, I I've, I've not ever seen it work. I just never have. But like I said, you know, people should always know what they're going into before they're getting into it. And, and pretty much you got to look out for your own self-interest and look out for yourself because we're, I mean, I'm sorry we live in a society today where nobody's looking out for anyone but themselves. Well, and a lot of times some of the things I've noticed, how many times have just taking in the people that you and I know mutually, how many times have we seen people that were good people? Some of the best people that you could say, you know, true salt of the earth, good people, and you know they're making a bad decision. And you try and look out for them, and you try and say, hey, you know, are you really sure this is what you want to do? Because you know, I think you're making a bad decision here. Have you thought about this? You know, as your friend, I want to see you happy. It's your life. You do what you want to do. But have you given this some thought? Because I really think that you're going to get hurt in this. And have we ever seen any one of them listen to us yet? Nope. But this is my thing. I got to the point in my life where I'm not going to put myself in a position to, okay, I'm going to tell you what I think, and I'm just going to leave it alone. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're going to always be the 
the, the bad person because you're the one that's trying to tell them something for their own good. You can't tell people anything. That's true. Some people, you can't tell anything. They think they know it all. Mm-hmm. They, they think that you're jealous of them, and they and they think this, that, and the other about you, and you, you can't tell them anything. Yeah. And so you, this is oh, how I feel about I'm yeah, a, I mean, I feel more time, and that's it. Yeah, you know, and I, you've seen, you know, we both, you know, God knows everybody, every one of us living and walking this planet has made a mistake. God knows we all have, but you know, I don't know that, that people assume. It seems like they assume well, that I'm not gonna judge them for that. You know, that's that's right. their life. But when when you're gonna make me feel bad, or you're gonna Lash out at me because I cared about you enough to tell you my opinion. Then, then I have a problem with that. Even if you don't decide to listen to me, that's fine. That's more power to you. But don't sit there and lash out at me for caring about you and at least tell you how I feel. Because right. at the end of the day, I can't get mad at you because you got to decide your own path. Mhm. And you know. And I think just from, you know, and for, you know, people listening out there, Seneca and I have been friends for at least seven years. I mean, we've known each other for a while. And, you know, some of these people and situations we're referring to, we've seen it. And I don't think I've ever seen you and I be teetotally wrong on one of these things yet, have we? I don't think so. I don't think I have. I don't. And I, you know, not saying we're perfect or we're better than anybody else. No, we're not but trying this to say is what that. I'm saying. Because your real friends, they're going to see it for what it is. It's not like they got some ulterior motive. They genuinely care about you. And that's the thing. When you got a pure friendship and you really have that person's best interest in heart, nine times out of ten, they're going to be right about what they see. Because a lot of times when you're so caught up in love, you, you have a bias. Mindset, like you, you're blinded by that light, and, and sometimes you know you need an outside party that's neutral. Right, it's like that concept of you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe you're too close to the situation, and somebody's you know trying to say, "Hey, <laughs> have you thought about this?" <laughs> yeah, and like you said, some people learn better by making that fall for themselves. Some people some people take heed, but some people need to know that for themselves. And, you know, like I said, I can't fault anybody for having to, you know, if if, if they learn best that way, that's, that's them. But, you know, at the same time, don't lash out for pe- at people because they have an interest or they have an insight on something or they share something with you, and, and sometimes it's not going to be what you want to see. Or here, mm-hmm. don't lash out at them for just telling you the truth, right? Because I think you know, and we're assuming that you're, you know, we're coming from a standpoint here of the quality friends that really do care about you and trying to look out for you. You know, at least hear them out, listen what they got to say. I mean, nobody has a right to try and control anybody, but at least hear it out and think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I just—I don't know. I just—I I really think that you know, think I think the world would be a better place, and friendships would work out better 
if um, people follow that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I just have a problem with someone putting a man or a woman before their friends that were there for them before that person came into place. I, I've always had a problem with that. Right. Like, I mean, you know, I've seen so many people that will treat people with respect. Well, they'll disrespect their friends over someone that doesn't have a job, they misuse them, they mistreat them, and you'll put that man, because I'm dealing with a friend now, that she, she was just telling me in the conversation how she's been dealing with this girl that that's supposedly her friend. They knew each other in college, and she's always made bad decisions on men, and she's always been used and abused and always... She was always like one of those girls that always had to go out to the clubs and find, you know, she always wanted to be that. What you call those women that always want to go out and find basketball players and watch, like groupies and stuff, or just, just she just needs attention from men and stuff. So I guess now she done settled down now, and she had a baby by a man that she, I don't even know she knows the baby's daddy, but... You know, she's dating another guy now, and the guy constantly puts her down and reminds her of her past and this, that, and the other, and treats her like stuff, and he, he, he lays up in her house. He hasn't had a job in almost a year, and she just allows him to control her, and and he's trying to isolate her. And that's 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 a key element when you're dealing with someone that's abusive. They want to isolate you from your friends and family. So this girl, she's allowed him to come in, even though she ain't a certified hoe no more. She's still a dumb hoe in her mind because she's still letting this man play her and manipulate her. You know, this man ain't got no money, but y'all going out of town on trips and this, that, and the other. And he wants to isolate her from her friends because they're trying to tell her, look, this man is no good for you. He talks about your baby. He talks about your past. He says, your baby's a bastard child. And you sit up there and accept it. And they've been trying to tell you that you need to get out of that, but you want to get mad at them because they're telling you the truth. Yeah. So to me, I think a lot of people, they don't have any respect for true friendship. I think a lot of people don't have respect for friendship. They think that it's just something that you can put on the back burner. It's something that you can pick up when when it's convenient to you. And they think that, uh, you know, it's Do you just... think, and here's an interesting thing, and this may even make a really <clears throat> topic. Do you think that in some way with the surgence of social networking, and we can go as far back as to MySpace here to just demonstrate a long period of time, do you think people have equated friendship with more of a social networking circle than they have an actual quality yeah, I, of friendship? Yeah, I, I definitely um, agree with that. I think that people think of it, like you said, along those lines, and I think of, people think of friendship as something that's disposable. They don't think of, they don't take the concept of friendship seriously. Um, they look at friendship as something like here today, going tomorrow, 
they think of some they think of they equate friendship as a friends list. I can yeah. kick you, I can add you, and I can delete you with one click of a mouse of the mouse. Like they they think that friendship is something that is just um just, there's no loyalty behind it. It's, it's nothing behind it. It's no substance in it. Yeah, it's more than, you know, like they've got it equated with a like button or something. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and we could go back, you know, even thinking about this as far as, like, far back as MySpace. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody can remember when that was real popular. Mm-hmm. You see where MySpace is now? Mm-hmm. I wonder if MySpace, well, obviously, it probably is still around, but I oof. I don't know anybody that uses it still, but I'm sure it's probably still out there. <laughs> I'm I'm scared to even put that address in and see if it still exists. <laughs> oh, God, I'm scared. The computer's liable to set up and talk to you and say, what the heck is that? <laughs> I've always been like I think in the past. When did MySpace come out? Like around? Well, I know it was out before Facebook. Mm, wow. Ah, I really don't know. I know it's. I know Facebook probably know Facebook been at least close to years ago. About ten years, you think? I'm thinking somewhere thereabouts. Well, I'm pulling up MySpace now. And it has these two options. Where would you like to go, classic MySpace or new MySpace? <laughs> uh, it's like this. Y'all trying anything and everything. Oh, Lord. Join new MySpace. Oh, God. August of 2003. Mm. According to the internet, it was launched in August of 2003. Wow, pretty good guess, about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, Michael, you can always be on there and join the new MySpace. Uh, That's okay, I'm good. (laughs) I'm about about over Facebook. Let me shut up. Uh, Yeah, me too. Because to me, I'm kind of, at this point, I'm getting pissed. Because don't sit here and, t- and, and, and try to come for me because I have a lot of friends and you want to kind of slow me down on on my friends that I add, people that I actually know, you know, and all this technical stuff I'm going to. And because I log in from another computer, you want to block my account until, you, you know, I had to verify and go through all this stuff because I log in from a computer that I've never con- logged in from before. It's just getting to the point where it's so automated to where it's, it's some it, it's ridiculous. It's it's not like you can really even have any human interaction to address issues that you have. It, it's scary. It, it's totally automated. It's, it's no it's nothing to it. Yeah. So you got you got computers making decisions that humans should be making. Making, you know. I'm like, let me let me get off from Facebook. <laughs> I want to 
want you to hear this, and then they try to, mm-hmm. so, if you know me, I just, I'm going to speak my mind, I just think with the changes that are being made on there, I just, I really think that it's turned a lot of people off. Yeah. I think I only get on mine once a week to actually see what's on there, and I do not have it sent to my phone. Oh, wow. I refuse to have Facebook sent to my phone. You don't have the app or anything? Oh, the app, uh, it, the phone come with the app on it, but I won't use it. No oh, way. Why is that? Yeah, just, I don't really care about it that much. If I want to know what's going on on it, I'll actually log into it and look at it. Okay, we got another caller really quick. Some of us love the club, but we can still talk. Um, caller 664, you got a comment or a question? Um, have you been listening? Well, actually, I'm so sorry, Seneca. Like, I actually just logged on. I had an emergency that I had to tend to, but I, but I did want to at least tap in because I read about um, the things that you were going to be talking about. But I would like to say one thing, um, and and it really is in regards to the uh, drug testing. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't get to that. We're going to probably get to that next oh. week. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but go. You can comment on it. Okay. Well, I just look at it like this. So many. We know that when you know the government funding. Of course, we know that it's for parents that are truly abiding by the law. They are really out here looking for jobs. Um, you know, and they're really trying to support their children. But what happens is is that, and I hate that it had to come to this, but they abuse the system. Mm-hmm. You know, when um, there are extra funds and things that are actually placed on the card, and instead of them using those things to provide for the kids, they want to go out here and buy clothes and alcohol and uh, drugs and, and all this kind of stuff. But um, I don't know whether or not I would say that it is appropriate to do that, but um, I just truly believe that a lot of the behavior um, that has actually occurred is really one of the main reasons why this whole topic of drug testing has really surfaced. So, so you're saying you think it's more to it than what they're trying to say? Absolutely, absolutely, because... I truly believe that, you know, this whole stereotype thing comes in, and I believe that that's where it all boils down to is a stereotype. They just assume that the first thing that uh, people are going to do is go buy alcohol, go buy drugs, and a lot of people, and I'm not going to say every person that gets that government assistance does that, but there are a handful of people that will go out there and use those funds for anything other than what it is intended for. So um, I truly believe that because of that stereotype, and I'm just going to say it for what it is, you know, like they're going to look at a person's, um, I truly believe that they are looking at race too. And I'm sorry to take it there, but I'm going to take it there. I really do because, um you know, they have always, you know, people have always assumed 
that it's always an African-American person that's on government assistance. Like, they always think that. So now, you know, they always want to tie in um, drugs and alcohol and the selling of all this kind of stuff. They want to tie it to black people because you read it all the time. So I truly believe that this is stemmed from a racial aspect, you know, you know, for all the years that people have actually used this assistance, all of a sudden, you know, they want to throw this whole thing in, which I do think is um, kind of absurd. But um, and I really do also believe that it really is coming from a stereotype. Yeah, and you know what? It's always a few bad apples that spoil the bunch, and you know. Uh-huh. And and it's sad that they had to do that, but you know, we we know good right. as well. Like there's people, and it ain't just like you said; it's just not black people. But there are people right. in general that do abuse the system. And, That's and, right. and the way I looked at, it, I guess I didn't look at it like that. But the way I look at it, I guess it wouldn't bother me too much because your job, if you want a job, sometimes you got to do a drug test to get that money. So mm-hmm. I guess I can I looked at it like that, but I you know I guess you can look at it from different points of view because in a way I don't disagree with it. I think that um, it will cut back on a lot of I think it will kind of cut back on a lot of the abuse. But yeah, I guess to me with me if if I ever had to get on it and I know the person that I am, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna use that money like that. It would kind of offend me that I would have to necessarily do that, but I guess you, I I don't know, I can see both sides of the issue, but Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have a problem with it as long as Mm -hmm. you're not targeting certain groups of people with it. Right. Well, I know one of the things that I had heard down in Meyer was, and this has been it's there's a running joke in the law enforcement community that when they have busted meth labs uh-huh. you know they find a methamphetamine lab they bust it they go in with the search warrant they tear down the meth lab and in the course of tearing down the meth lab somewhere they always come across a food stamp card and I, I don't know why, but it's the running joke of, yep, we found it. Sometimes they find wow. a couple. But just, and it's one of the things that they, it's a running joke now. Did you find the card yet? Yep, we found it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I've heard that from many different communities in there. They're like, wow, really? Uh-huh. This is yeah, I want to get back to the um, topic that we was on before. Uh-huh. Kind of, kind of what, and I wanted to get your opinion on it because I was telling them about that broadcast from Light. And, you know, and I'm going to put this church out here because I believe that we need to start exposing people that, right. that are, you know, saying negative things. Okay, this is the story. I was listening to 1310 this Sunday on the way to church, and I was uh-huh. listening to – why the World Christian Churches broadcast. Mm-hmm. And you know they have a new pastor there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he got on here, and I guess it was a broadcast that was taped earlier in the year, around the new year, 
because they were talking about the New Year and starting off the New Year right and blah, blah, blah. And he got in front of his congregation and talking about the problem with you with you black people is y'all don't know how to, to um, you don't know how to manage your money. And he was mostly talking down to the black men, talking about saying that um, most of you black men, you want to buy these $2,000 rims, you put them on the car, that you that, and you stuck here trying to have a fancy car and you working two or three jobs just to maintain a job and you ain't got a car and you don't have a garage and this, that, and the other. And just putting down those people as a whole, making it seem like black people don't have any money management skills and we're all about just just decades. You can just, you spend all this money on a car, but you can't. Buy pamphlets for your child and this, that, and the other. But what really made me mad is I guess somebody white in his congregation. He said, "You know what? I I love white people. You will never hear me say nothing negative about white people because white yeah. people to to get money and they know how to keep it. While well, people squander money and they don't know how to keep it." And he said, I don't think the problem with black people is racism. I think it's economic slavery or just economic choices or something, he said. And you want to talk about the slave mentality, but to me, by what you said, and you putting down your, your congregation, which is predominantly black, I think you you are an Uncle Tom and you are contributing to the slave mentality. For you to make a statement like that, and what if you were dealing with white people that have that don't know much about black people and they have preconceived notions about them, and then you reinforce their stereotype by saying stuff like that on air? Mm-hmm. You make it seem like we're a bunch of idiots, and you, and, and you put white people on a pedestal when these are issues that everybody's dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I had a problem with that. And like I said, and, and, and this is my opinion, I don't care for that church. I said um, the black people that tend to go to that church, anytime you got a church where they want to see your W-2 before you can become a member, I got a problem with that. And anytime you deal with a church, a lot of them black people at that church are snooty, they stuck up, and they seem like black Republicans only go to that church. It's like a, it's a certain type of black people that can only fit in that church. And when he said that, they just put the icing on the cake for me. So I didn't know how you felt about that, but that really offended me as a black man that works hard and I pay my bills. Why shouldn't I have something nice? You driving around probably in a Mercedes Benz that your congregation to pay for, but you gonna talk crazy about me as a black person having a, a black male having a nice car, and you want to automatically assume that because I got a car. I can't pay none of my bills, and I got to work two or three jobs just to maintain a car payment. And you want to equate me to someone that is riding around on rims and not paying child support and all that? What do you think about that? Well, I'm gonna say this, and um, I am not going to apologize for my comment. And if there are any non African-American listeners, and um, I'm not going to apologize for this. My first point is this. 
you know, it seems that that individual is ashamed of his race. You know, he is he is ashamed of being black himself. That is the issue. He does not want to be an African-American, and I'm just going to say it like that. And then another thing, too, is that, you know, now I will say this. There are, there, there you know, are a lot of, we, we know that there are some African-American people that will go out here and that will do things that's not right. But for right. him to assume but for him to assume that all black people are like that, he is wrong. He done made an assumption, and he knows that he just done made a damn ass of himself. Excuse my language, but that's exactly what he done. Um, he, is a, he is a sellout. He is a complete sellout for you to sit up here and down your own race and give credit to um, the actual white race, which really isn't right. My thing, too, is this right here. Now, yes, that slave mentality, he has an absolute 150% slave mentality because with that comment right there, it shows that he is showing a disregard to the reason why, and I'm just going to say it and I'm not going to apologize, why a lot of um, white people are ahead because of the things that African Americans have done, we don't get credit for the things that we've done because they see a lot of non-African American people out here, and they're saying, "Oh, okay, black people don't have this ability. They can't do this. They can't do that." And that stems from the mentality of these slave masters, which have gone through generations to generations, and it is in this. Um, Generation right now, it, it has stemmed from the 1500s all the way down to 2013, and it's never going to change. And it's a shame we, as African American people, have brought this, and I'm going to say, have brought this country a long way with our inventions, from the songs, from uh, just just so many things. But see. Because of these stereotypes out here, they're looking at African Americans as, like we talked before, as killers, as thugs, as drug dealers. And so because of that vision that a lot of white people have and, and a lot of black people have and a lot on of, their yeah. huh? and a lot of it, And a lot of it is called by Uncle Tom like this. Yes. Yes, yes it, it is. is. And it's so uncalled for. And I don't care if somebody is listening from that church. I don't. I'm not backing down because how That's can you right. call yourself a man of God and you tearing people down and you wonder why people don't come to the church now and people don't take the church That's through because right. you a, a lot of these black preachers. And I hate to say it now, they are, are clowns and they yes. doing nothing tearing down the, the, the community. I said, you That's know, right. I, I, that really disgusted me when I heard that. Mm-hmm. And I said I would, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have been anything less than a Christian or being being right by not exposing that. Right, right. Because, because you know what? Uh huh. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, and I'm just going to say this because you are absolutely right. And to do something like that is absurd. But not only that, I was listening to a part of what you said about 
how, uh, you know, they want W-2s and stuff like that to actually be a part of the church. Look, true enough, the church does not run by good looks. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The church as a whole is supposed to, you know, give according to what, you know, they they have in their heart to give. You know, because, of course, we know that we need the lights, we need the gas, we need all the kind of stuff. But to determine a person's eligibility to be a part of that church based on a W-2 is wrong because we all know that all that money is going to the uh, pastor's pocket to furnish his car, to furnish his office or whatever it is, or to furnish his lifestyle. You know, that is the only, and I'm just saying, that's the only reason why they want it. Don't get me started on Bishop A. Long, because that money them people paying, <laughs> they was going in them boys' pockets. You don't need to stop. So I ain't going to go there, because we done plenty of shows on that. And, uh-huh. And, and I, you can go Google it now on, on YouTube. We got one of the top videos on there talking about him. We really went in on him. Like, that one, that, that video, we the first video we did, show we did, the excerpt, uh-huh. it's on YouTube now. It got 57,000 hits on it. And it's still up there, and that's one of the videos that pops up when you talk about this, because I have a real strong passion about that. And to me, and and getting back to what I was, this is what I forgot to say earlier. It makes me sick because you have the sheeple. I call them sheeple because they sheep sitting in the in the church, clueless, listening to this mess, and nobody's outraged. But if you would have let a white pastor say the exact same thing that he said, they would have been, been up in arms. And it's That's not right. right. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not right on any end. And, and just because no. a black person don't make it right. Right. Absolutely. That's worse. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to address mm-hmm. the issues that are plaguing our community, that's fine. But that's, you don't do it like that. You don't, it's like yep. you're wearing black people's dirty laundry in front of white people, and, and you said that you have to put down yourself in order to be approved by them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and to really sell yourself out, that's exactly what he was doing. He was selling himself out. And, you know, you don't have to do all that. And true enough, there are things that, you know, people are out here doing that are not right. But for you to sit up here and say that, first of all, the first question that I want to say is, you black too, so, you know, why are you sitting up here saying this stuff about yourself? You said mm-hmm. it about yourself. I truly believe that those are things that he was doing, and he's talking about himself because you came to, it's just, just like you said, he was wrong by putting him, by putting other people in, by putting other black people into just one category. Now, if you are talking to yourself, then or if you're talking about yourself, then that's fine. But when you get up there, you will say, me as a black person, I don't do this and I don't do that, but for you to include everybody else in your mess, you're not right. Mm-hmm. You're not right. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could get a copy of that message and play it for y'all to hear, because I'm not over-exaggerating on that. Come mm-hmm. on, I, you know what, I love white people. You know, you never hear me say a thing bad about white people. And this just came mm-hmm. right after y'all got your own people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would not lie on that man. I'm not lying on that man. That's not right. Oh, my God. That's... 
See, because if I was sitting in that church, I would have to get up and walk out. Right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. before you walk out, you better leave your W-2. Yeah. <laughs> that is terrible. Before you walk out now, make sure you pay your tithes now. Right. They're going to they gonna come with a search committee. They're going to come with the deacon going to come knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. They're going to come there with a checklist. They're going to be wanting to know what... Uh, uh, I just... Yeah, I I can talk on that for a long time because I yeah. I respect for these pastors. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just talk to the people like they are nothing. Mm-hmm. These people are so brainwashed that they don't have a relationship enough with God to discern these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's clearly just making a mockery of God's word because we know that everything that He was saying. Is contrary to the word of God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's contrary, and you know, just just for him, you know. And I think, and I think that I'm just stuck on the fact that, you know, he had that <coughs> mentality. Now, my thing is, is that, um, I don't know if there are certain circumstances or certain things that he has gone through. But for him to carry that on, he need to go sit down somewhere, see, because I'm glad that I wasn't there because, you know, I, mm-mm. see, ooh, mm-mm. Oh, my God, I am just I so. Just, you know, I just happened to hear it, and, you know, the service went on normal at first. You know, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. And, and if I didn't know whose church it was because I said, uh, I know I need to hurry up and get in church because it was time for church to almost stop. I said, I got to hear who broadcasts you know that shit. And it's so tough was life world and I'm saying I cannot believe that T Garrett Benjamin allowed somebody like that to be his predecessor. Mhm. I'm just very mm-hmm. disappointed. And like All I right. said, I know much about the man but you know, like I said, first impression like 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 you know, you, you were taught growing up, first impressions is last. Mhm. And that was my first impression of him. I've never heard him preach. I've never heard him speak. I don't know nothing about the man, but from what I right. heard, that, that turned me off. I'm off of him. You, you couldn't tell me nothing if I. Okay, do you have that preacher's name again? The preacher's name is Dr. David A. Hampton. Hampton. Senior pastor elect of Light of the World Christian Church. The light of the world, Lord. The light of the world. There ain't nothing no light about that. I said he want to be light. <laughs> he want to light us. And then, you know what, Seneca, let me say this, too, and I don't know if this is kind of relevant, but I'll say this, too. And I think, you know, I have even uh, gone into, some, into a church. Uh, gosh, oh, my God, I cannot think of where I was at. I really cannot. But I even went into a church where, you know, it was time for offering, you know, where it was time for offering. And so uh, they had even said, y'all can go out to the lobby and use our ATM. Use our ATM in the church. And at first, you know, I thought maybe the man was really, 
acting funny. And as I left out, lo and behold, I looked to the right, and my mother was with me. I looked to the right. There's the ATM. Oh, that ain't nothing. Oh, that ain't nothing. Let me tell you, there's churches now, and I think there's more than the city, that Mm -hmm. you can pay with your credit card. They got to mention you swipe it. They bring it to you. Yeah, they do. They do. Yes, they do. They do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not giving. I'm not swiping my card. I hate saying this. I'm sorry, but I am not swiping my card at no church. That's right. I've my quarter. You know what? If if I have my card and I know I got funds on my card, but all I got is fifty cent in my pocket, I would rather put the fifty cent in that place than to. Swipe my car for y'all to have my information. They they don't lost their mind completely. Mm-hmm. No. Especially you I got mean, church, especially you got uh-huh. stealing money, and then they don't want to have no accountability of it, and, and want to tell you that you're crazy because you asking about your money that you put in the church, and they want to get mad at you because you. I ain't, let me shut up because I ain't trying to put nobody's business out here. But let's put it like this: this these churches are off the hook. They want to tell you how to spend your money, and then when the money ends up stolen, they act like they don't owe you no explanation. Right. What they do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- wh- who does that? Thief. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Got and you don't want to address it, and mm-hmm. you could have, you knew who took the money, you didn't want to turn them in, right? The insurance company told you could turn that man in, but you didn't want to press charges on him, and the man walking around here laughing and, and, and joking your face, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing with churches today. I said you better be you better know who who you sitting under leadership with. And you better know that word for yourself. That's right. Mhm. And see and um I truly believe too, you know what, and you're so, so, so right about that. You know, because that even stems from you know, just like what you said, leadership being so um, tainted. And then, you know, I don't want those type of leaders even praying for me. Please don't. Please don't. Because, you know, nowadays, like, it's so sad that you don't even want certain people praying for you because you don't know their intentions. You know what I mean? And it's just, ooh. I know I'm wrong for making this analogy, but it's almost like uh, I'm a Lord forget. Well, I I'm not, I don't even think because it's, it's real. It's almost like a pimp in a prostitute relationship. Mhm. Pimp yep. using the prostitute, and they keep coming back and feeling that they need this pimp when they really need the man above. They don't need no man but the man above. In the in the, in the prostitute keeps taking all the abuse. She, she keeps bringing. The money to the pen. She gets. She mm-hmm. keeps receiving the abuse. She goes out to get the money. Brings it back to the pen. It's like a never-ending cycle, week after week. 
night after night. You keep getting them views, and you keep bringing the money. Mm-hmm. It's just like a prostitute in a pimp relationship, and they feel mm-hmm. that they need they need some validation from this man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need the validation from the man above, and you there to get the message that comes through the man of God. You're not there to make an That's idol. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I hate, I mean, it, it sounds harsh, but this is how these, a lot of these people are in these churches. Mm-hmm. And we are right. not holding these, these preachers accountable. Right. Because a lot of people been raised, oh, you don't talk about the man of God. You don't question him. You know, you uh-huh. let him do whatever he wants to do, God will handle it. Uh-huh. Don't question him. Whatever he says goes. Uh-huh. Okay, that's why your children get molested. That's why uh-huh. your funds aren't going to where they need to go. That's why uh-huh. your pastors ain't there for you when you need them. Uh-huh. But you ain't supposed to question that. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I wrong? No. I mean, you know, what you just said was absolutely right. You were 150%, and I couldn't have said it any better. You were absolutely right about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no accountability. Right. And see, and one thing that really gets to me is that, you know, something that really kind of coincides with what you said, you know, at times I find myself watching uh, some of these ridiculous um, church TV, and you know how they, uh, um, I can't, you know, one of them is Benny Hinn. He's a prime example, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to use him. You know, out here wanting people to follow him and give him funds so that, you know, he can um, enhance who he is. That is absolutely absurd, you know. And, you know, I'm not, and I'll just say this. I truly don't know a person's heart when it comes to their relationship and their salvation in Jesus Christ. I don't know. I can only go by what they say. But by what you're showing is absolutely contrary to what you're saying. And, I mean, you know, doing those type of things just to get money out of people, you know, then that means that your work is in vain. And it's just ridiculous. And I'm like, and all these, all these preachers out here, you know, that's the newest fad. I'll go out here, I'll get a church. So my home, so my own objective is having the church folk to pay my bills, having the church folk to buy my car, having the church folk to do this and to do that. And you out here acting like a punk, excuse me, but that's exactly what you're acting like. Exactly what you're acting like. You know, you're not acting like a saved uh, man of God. You're out here just like what you said. You act like a pimp. And all the people in the church is are your prostitutes. So you, you're absolutely right about that. I, it, it is bothering me. I said, you know, 
You know, and then like another thing, we gonna man, we gonna get. I think we need to do a show on that, just a show by itself. Because another thing, and like I said, you know, these preachers, you entrust these preachers too much. You you with your children. These are gifts from God, precious gifts from God that He has allowed that He has bestowed. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, bestowed upon you for you to watch out for and protect. And you just give your children over to anybody because you think. You give the children over to the teacher. You give the children over to the bus driver. You give the children over to the pastor. You get you you expecting everybody to do the job that you got to call you to do, being a parent to do. You expect everybody else to do your job, and you just mm-hmm. hand your kids over. You know, mm-hmm. um, just carelessly give them to anybody. You wonder why your children get molested. You wonder why your children get abused. Wonder why your children mm-hmm. picking up bad habits because you haven't trusted what God has given to you to give anything. Mm-hmm. You passed your pearls before a swine. Mm-hmm. 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 Like I said, I'm just, I'm sorry. I, I got I got you know I grew up in the church. I got respect for the church, but I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm que- I got questions, and you know. I'm not be one of these people that just sit back and just allow anything to happen, or they see all the people. Nobody's asking questions. Nobody's holding the church accountable. But I'm going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when you got preachers on air starting to say just anything they want to say, mm-hmm. which I call you false prophets. Mhm. And you can come to the people and just say anything that you want to say. You can disrespect the people. Right. And, and you think that nobody's going to hold you accountable. I, 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 no. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I don't feel that I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'll say you, that's, 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 I know that's wrong right there. Mm-hmm. You want the church to come out, you know, you want to feel better when you leave church, not worse. Mm-hmm. And you and you you going to sit up there in a the pulpit and say that I'm nothing more than an irresponsible sheep. Mm-hmm. And I don't know nothing, and I'm ignorant and stupid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you try to make, sure, make it seem like certain groups of people are better than me. Not me. Mm. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. I didn't know if you knew about that. Oh my God, no, I did not. And that just shows pure. I would never that church. And so you said that that was so that was that light of the world. And so what was the man's name again? His name. The new Passover is Dr. David A. Hampton. Mm. My Lord. Doc, doctor. David, doctor, okay? And you making ignorant statements like that. Mm-hmm. That's sad. You know, they are, you know, you're, he is supposed to be the shepherd. And we're supposed to be, and his congregation is supposed to be sheep. And just like what you said, you're supposed to leave your um, 
your sheep astray, you know, you're leading them astray when you do those kind of things. Senator, how much time do we have before they're going to cut us off? Um, we're going to probably cut us off here in a, in a few, but I don't know. Any of you guys have anything else left to say before we end things? Uh, not that I can think of. Mm, okay. You got anything else to say, Miss B? No, I am good. I'm just going to um, anticipate on the next uh, show. Oh, yeah, girl. We gonna, we got some good shows coming up. Um, that's going to be one of the topics that we do in about a couple of weeks, and I'm going to do um, a show coming up called Do You Really Know Your Man? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. I think a lot of these women out here, they do not know. Their men are living double lives. Okay. And, and they're, they're oblivious to it, or they think that their man is above that, and they don't have nothing to worry about. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, you can probably see where that's going to go. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I know I can't wait. I cannot wait for the uh, show. Mhm. Well, yep. we're gonna jump up off of here. I really appreciate you guys coming on tonight and talking and stuff. So uh okay. we will be back on air next Monday night. Um I wouldn't mind doing a show later on in the week, but we'll see. But um we'll definitely be back next Monday with Do You Know Your Man and then um our next show after that we'll be dealing with the church. All right. All right. Until next time, I will see you guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. Good. Good night. Good night. Good night.